0: Thank you, love, and welcome to Medicine Color Podcast. I want to invite you another layer deeper into the temple. We have a Patreon, and I would love for you to check it out. There are layers of support and nourishment For people calling medicine and for people restoring the temple, people healing together, I would love for you to come support this podcast and be supported in even more ways. To all my Patreon members, thank you. We are in this together. I appreciate you. I'm grateful. We'll talk soon. Consider yourself invited. Check it out. And I invite you to join. Let's get on with the show. Intimate, wise, and healing conversations with the people who are carrying us through this time of true transformation and complete rebirth. Welcome to Medicine Collar, where visionaries share the real, the raw, the good, and the holy. I am your host, Sophia Wise One. Let's journey. darlings. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to be here with this human, this brilliant visionary artist with me. And we're just going to, you're going to get a real inside scoop conversation. Tigray and I have known each other since Literally, we existed. Our mothers were best friends, and so I'm convinced that Tigray's mother held me when she was pregnant with Tigray. So you know, we were snuggling even then, and um, and I'm just feel so incredibly blessed to have such a, a beautiful and rich relationship with Tigray um, as I've watched from the beginning of of your existence. The world-impacting, transformative art. I know it's been a long time of me being like, you're so magical, and you being very humble, and being like, please stop. Don't say that about me or to me. Don't call me any of those things. Well, I'm going to call you all of those things right now. Um, A visionary, medicine, magic, brilliant, a seer, a medicine caller, all of those things. Uh, Yes, darling, take it in. Take it in. You're doing great. Brilliant, kind, humble, magic, wonderful, wonderful human. And I'm going to give you just a little blip. Walking across the wide range of mediums and disciplines, Tigre Baleando creates large-scale installations, sculptures, murals, and performance works across the country and around the world. You should see this stuff. Check it out. It's gorgeous. Tigre holds a BA from Bennington College and is recent recipient of the Honorarium Grant from Burning Man for the interactive sculpture of the Salachi, by the by, birthing a mythic a sentient being into the realms of humanity. Hashtag real life. That's you, Gray. Thank you for that. Currently on public display in downtown Fremont, California. Don't go see it now, uh, but go see it when you can move around again. <laughs> Tigre is a It
1: cool... should be up until next June, so hopefully we'll be able to go outside by then.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I'm confident. Gray Baleando is a core member of the avant-garde performance company Bad Unki Sista. That, did I just trash that? Yeah, Bad Uncle Sista. Oh, Bad Uncle Sister. Yeah. Bad Uncle... Oh, you mean Bad Uncle Sister. Bad Uncle Sister. And I go, my God, I can't help it. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And uh, wow. The whiteness. Okay. And a regular collaborator for the Embodiment Project Dance Company. Their (laughs) simulation... One. Yeah, I feel like if I redid it right now, Kalen would still keep in all the fuck ups. Like, I could just I'm like, just do it. Tigri like... Belliando is a core member of the avant-garde performance company Bad Uncle Sista and a regular collaborator with Embodiment Project Dance Company. Their self-claimed superpowers are they feel strong feelings, make pretty things, motivate and inspire folks towards their creative potential, to which I can say it's true it's true it's true it's true it's true so um so welcome and welcome Grey. hi darling hi hi what is what the fuck is going on <gasps> like how is this be- what do you mean like what <laughs> Casual. Something
2: out of the ordinary. Something
0: out of the ordinary. How, what's it being like? What's it, what's it moving through in you like in this, in this time? This, I mean, also, okay, so I'll say this, which is that I like when we checked in today, I was like, I'm checking in on the quantum field and it's like, it's intense in there and beautiful and a lot's happening and there's a lot of shifting and then I'm, you know, and then I check in. I like go and I check the news to see like where is the quantum field report matching up with kind of the kind of manifested shared reality. And I said to you, like, turns out they were pretty on on point, you know, both pretty (coughs) kind of all there. And so what, what do you, what do you, through all of the lenses, like, what do you know? What do you see? What's happening? And how's it feel in you? Maybe that's like, like what? What's it like just for you? Like not like you don't need to give like a report on all of the like. We all know, right. you know. Everybody knows what the hell's <laughs> happening.
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> man, uh, it's
1: a lot. It's um, I don't even really know how to frame. There's so much that I want to say that I've been thinking about. It's hard to even frame it into like a cohesive sentence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think the f- one of my first reactions like a couple of weeks ago when this stuff really kind of like broke open to the, to the level that we're now dealing with. Um, one of my first, one of the first things that hit me was just, the level of kind of mythological proportion of these times right now is really it's really a lot it's really profound it's like to think about a global pandemic to think about like the idea of plague maybe because of, you know, biblical um, literature and just the way, the the role that plague and sickness has played in human history and animal evolution and all of these things. And to have it, it's interesting because, in some ways it feels so remote because just really in our generation and kind of our parents' generation, the advances in medicine have been so extensive, at least in kind of the Western modern cultural world that we've been so removed from the threat of sickness as really this intense kind of reality threatening um possibility like the idea of war feels so much more present it feels so much more contemporary and plague kind of feels like we had thought we had gotten past it even though that's not true at all like there's been you know you have aids you have ebola you have all of these things you know you have cancer you have all these sicknesses that that are incredibly present but in a way that somehow I don't know, for me at least, I felt like this separation or this distancing that I wasn't even aware of until we were faced with this, and it was like, oh, no, this is really real. And how present that has been for our species um, throughout history, and it's just interesting to have that kind of come crashing into our hyper-modern, digital, virtual, futuristic world that we've created, and um, it's just it's really huge. And to have it because of the nature of the world that we've created and the interconnectedness of everything, the, that the scope of the threat is kind of magnified by that, right? Like if we were still more isolated, then you wouldn't have a global pandemic. The reason we have a global pandemic right. is it's because, because we have of how
2: global... interconnected
1: we are because of our, you know, travel technologies and all these things and there is no way to isolate it like there's no way to keep it from moving so yeah i don't know it's been really it's been a lot to think about um in that regard and really humbling you know and in a way this feels kind of um this feels like maybe a dangerous thing to say and because I think it could come off as overly abstracted or insensitive or I don't know. But um, hopefully you'll understand kind of why I say this. But there is there is this, there's the part of me, maybe it's the artist in me, maybe it's the like, um, there's like an excitement to it, right? Like there's a way that from, from stepping back almost from like an ancestral point of view
2: Mm.
1: to be a part of a scope of something like this in the same way that like, I would not ever actually want to live through the great depression, but the scope of, or the Holocaust for that matter, um, or the trail of tears or all of these huge, literally world-changing events that were these huge markers these you know are the archetypal historical moments of our cultural lineage and to be present in that for this to be our generation's experience of that it's just i mean i guess maybe it's not it's not exciting in the way that like it is just you know like every generation has had that and this is ours um but there is something about just maybe coming to terms with that
2: Hmm.
1: i don't know for me i found a lot the way that i've been finding to cope with things is to be able to find these perspectives these kind of within a historical perspective you know thinking about the art that was made during the black plague in the middle ages you know to think about the writings that have been done around people dealing with these huge crises helps me to feel like it's not so much the unique failing of our generation or our culture Mm. which it feels like so many things have been that you know um so Mm. many of the struggles we've been going through in terms of government and in terms of kind of all the human societal challenges feel so much born out of the culture that we've created Yeah. And while one can argue (laughs) justifiably that Corona is another byproduct of that, that you know, it is the result of, um, ecological devastation. It is the result of, you know, inhuman overcrowding in cities, all of these things. But at the same time, there's a certain way that it's, we didn't directly create it. It is not like the direct result of poor stewardship of each other. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: you know, there's almost like some inevitability, like animals evolved dealing with viruses and bacterial infections. And, you know, like there are theories that the reason we're attracted to symmetry in partners and even aesthetics that like our interest in aesthetics, our tastes come from a biological development because an organism that is constantly fighting off infection or parasites or things like that is tends to grow and develop asymmetrically. So if you have developed symmetrically, if your antlers are similar sizes, if your eyes are more or less balanced, it's in kind of subconscious indication that you're able to, you know, protect your own organism and therefore can pass those genes onto your offspring. And so there's, you know, there's a whole theory about like, How our conception of beauty is directly connected to the constant systems of yeah, totally,
0: yeah, right, and the constant presence of of, right, yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that perspective, Tigray, because I've been especially. I was saying like the past few days when I did like you know, and I haven't been like under, or I mean. I do kind of, in some ways, I live under a rock in a very intentional bubble. That's true. But, you know, it's not like I haven't been looking at all, but I did take some time to really kind of go and and look a little bit more. And and for me, I've just really been digesting. In my last episode before this one, I talk a lot about how, you know, maybe I didn't say it there and I'll say it here, which is like because what you're bringing to mind is like there's no wrongness in death. There's no wrongness in illness you know like that's hard for people to hear it's hard for people to hear me say that like there's no wrongness when a heart stops when the breath stops like that is that's part of what we do here everyone the plants the animals the beings like that's that's not wrong the factors that go into that the tragedy the injustice the like that like that those cultural systems those things that you're talking about like oh that's that's real. That's heartbreaking. That's where I feel inspired because I feel like that's where we can make change, right? Where it's like I, like the fight against death and sure, whatever. I, I mean, it's easy for me to not fight against death when I have a spiritual perspective that is immortal, right? Like it's like I make a lot of right. peace with my like, it's fine that we die because like I have a, I have a deep comfort in like that we don't die, <laughs> you
1: know? And you have a relatively healthy body and you have, you know, a lot of the immediate attacks you yes. know you have some support or protection from
0: right? yeah yes, so yes 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 yes, yes, just, yes.
1: To, just to recognize like the privilege of like it is easier to have a kind of peaceful disconnected relationship to these things when they are not immediately attacking you or all of your loved ones
0: for sure a hundred percent like a hundred a hundred percent absolutely and I think that that feeling for me we're talking about like overcrowded of cities like that that like it's like it brings it closer to home and that's like a whole other I don't know do I want to go there do I not want to go there like that feeling of like I'm not in my birth city right now which is Philadelphia which is way denser than uh uh sorry got it uh I didn't know that this thing did comments like it just that's that just happened.
1: Oh, the live thing. Yeah,
0: the live thing. So it just my app oh, just yeah. that's what happened here. I was that was just like, Got what it. is that is because I didn't see the other one. I just saw yours. So, uh-huh. um, OK.
1: Go ahead. You're not in Philadelphia, which is a denser place.
0: Yeah. And I, that's part of been, you know, part of my like looking and it's like, oh, my, my womb hurts talking about it. I don't think it's. It's, um, I'm going to, it's, I, I, we could go a lot of directions from here and, you know, I guess I'll say this. I think I'm not the only one who is, you know, it's like, um, yeah, look, I'm like not I'm I am like not wanting to say the thing. It's you know, I I called a friend of mine and was just like I am just in such a p- place at this moment and I don't feel untouchable. I don't feel like I'm so far out or so disconnected that I'm untouchable that I'm, I'm in Asheville. It's not it's not dis- it's not disconnected. There's people, you know, but it's not dense where I am, you know? And I I'm I feel a lot of privilege and I feel a lot of beauty a lot of spaciousness around it and this like heart palpitation and this feeling of like almost this feeling of like should I go back to Philly to like help or should I like call my family and be like get the fuck out of there you know like those kinds of like questions or voices and coming up and for me just coming back to like you know I don't I don't have the answers like I just I'm doing the same thing today that I do all the time which is listen as best I can to that quiet voice that has proven itself to be right and in service over and over and over again and that's it like that's it at the end of the day that's like the safe still the same thing that I'm doing um, and and that place of feeling guilty or shutting down deciding to only have empathy Brene Brown posted about this today to only have empathy for one person instead of everybody across the board to you know to that that's not useful that's just not useful
1: Like to only have empathy for, say, your mother versus for all the people on the planet?
0: Or like, or even the reverse. Like the people that are like more, that are in deeper frontline suffering right now. And then there are people who are like, you know, I think it's like, like the people that I know that like, as of right now, they're healthy and they're in quarantine. And so it's like, okay. And so it's like praying that like everyone who's healthy stays healthy. Everyone who's, you know sick, gets the care that they need, the pathways, the systems, the organizations that can shift, like all all of those things. And that my feeling guilty because I'm feeling healthy and provided for and supported in this exact moment is not service. I think that's what that womb feeling actually, the part that I didn't want to say is like, I don't even want to say like, I feel guilty. It's like, I don't want to put that here. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, right. I don't even know. It's like, is this useful to even, it's like, I don't know. I'm cut this from the episode maybe like having a real question of like, like how much like how like that it's like that that that's what that was what coming up for me like is this really of use to be like you know it's like i don't spend i try not to spend a lot of time there to look at like what's useful
1: yeah i mean I, but i think that feeling uh that feeling of guilt and that feeling of doubt and that, you know all those things like that is really endemic to our culture our- <sighs> that's not exclusive to this you know what i mean yeah that is um, because because the nature of the world that we've created is one of not only extensive imbalance which is not necessarily new but an extensive and pervasive awareness of those imbalances and this struggle around how much agency do does any individual or how much agency does aspects of the collective have to change that and where is there a responsibility to that and where is it you know now we're just aware of something but you aren't necessarily like what is the place of responsibility and what is the place of just being like now you're just aware of something that kind of was always there and just because you're aware of it doesn't mean that you are responsible for change or that the things that have been privileged in your life you know are that you don't deserve them or something like that you know, and I think that, but there is, but the question of responsibility is real. Like, it's not to discount that. And there is a place of interrogating that. And how do we, whatever the circumstance of privilege is, whether it's one of health, whether it's one of wealth, whether it's one of, you know, freedom of speech or access to certain resources or whatever. I think the interrogation that each individual has to be aware of that and questioning that is important. And at the same time, the guilt around not being enough or feeling shame around whatever your situation is, like that is just part of the toxicity of the culture we've created, you know? So, whether it's, I mean, a year ago, I was traveling in Europe and during the midterm elections and was like watching all the stuff and felt so disconnected from the political struggle in the u.s that i felt all this guilt around like i should be home like why am i out traveling the world being this itinerant artist when there's all this stuff going on back home and we need everybody to be on the ground right all this stuff that was not the only reason but it was definitely a part of the narrative that did bring me back um that i kind of abandoned this i'm going to travel the world making art thing i was like i need to to do that here. I came back, I was not necessarily any more helpful or productive to the struggle, you know, because I was responding from a place of guilt. I wasn't responding from a place of like, this is where I'm meant to be right now, you know? And Mm. I, you know, and it took me a year to get to a place of actually even being able to contribute anything and it isn't necessarily in a way that I would need to be on the ground. right? But there was an important, you know, but and I'm not saying that that choice was wrong Mm -hmm. either, because it was about listening to recognizing that I do feel a responsibility to my country and to my people and to, you know, like, I think it was important to recognize that, but also to recognize the place that's just like the guilt of just you're not enough, you should be doing it differently, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And I think that. Also to look at that guilt a little bit more carefully. Yeah. I think there's something about you know the modern age is an age of individuality and individualism, right? The American dream is the American kind of paradigm is about championing the individualism. It's what came out of, you know, all the European, you know, the enlightenment, all of these things was kind of this shifting from the group collective experience um into one of this you know the the all importance of the individual over the group and you know that's you have all this you know with our kind of democratic mythology and things like that um and i think it's complicated i think you can't see it as just bad or good right that like what you lose, what you gain from that, you know, there are beautiful things that have been gained from the heroicism of the individual myth, right? You have this, and one could argue that it is the natural progression of culture to achieve that, or at least it's just what has naturally progressed in our cultural lineage. But there is a lot that is lost in terms of what it is like for a collective of human beings who evolved to rely on each other and evolved to create these systems of interrelationality in order to survive um, there's a lot that's lost in that you know and so you have that dichotomy and so I think maybe who knows if it could go another way than to have that the tension you know the guilt kind of comes from that tension of like we know that there is a responsibility to each other and also we've, evolved over generations towards this idealism of individual freedoms and this fear and skepticism around the dangers of being absolved into the group right and the way that you know the way that that becomes oppressive right they both have their shadow side yeah and their lights
0: right For right?
1: sure. individualism has the shadow of isolation and of you know cold attachment and of um egocentrism and greed and all these things and the collective has the shadow of oppression and of you know containment and this kind of um the um like the tyranny right which mm-hmm. so is you know tyranny generally also has that shadow individual right whose power is right. well, but it's just you know, it's just the complexity of it. I think is what's important to work through.
0: Yeah, I had one um, one friend of me last friend of mine last night mentioned that sometimes guilt is like a more convenient feeling than just being in the the empathy pain that I have no control over, right? Of like yeah. that, and it was so it was so funny because I literally just posted a blog post and wrote a newsletter on three things that you can do to like when you're feeling the collective pain and suffering to transmute that energy and um i like just released that i was talking i was like i just um it's like i you know this doesn't feel useful and i was like oh she's like i think you might be avoiding pain i think that guilt space is a is a way it's like a it's like it's 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 like blame and and shaming it's a way to discharge pain um that's like not really effective you know because guilt is rooted in in blame and so to like shift that and be like oh okay how can i how can i move this in a way that's I think for me, like more that I can digest it. Right. And that I can like wake up and uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, no, I was just going to jump off that and say that, you know, guilt and shame and these things are a a way of um, establishing control. Right. Because it's, it's projecting a sense of order, right. It's projecting a a moral sensibility (laughs) that says that, there is a right and wrong way for the situation to unfold and oh. that there is somebody whose fault it is and there's somebody who should be doing it differently. And by doing that, you're creating a framework, you're creating a structure around the chaos of the world to, to say, okay, now I at least can understand it, I can control it, I can say, this is what's happening. Even if I don't like it, even if it feels bad, it's still, feels like i have some power mm-hmm. whereas sometimes just being in the messiness of it of just saying yeah it's complex and it's complicated mm. and there are things that i can't even understand that are just beyond my comprehension and certainly beyond my direct control but then there is this part where there is agency and control right like it it becomes this complex right we you know this complex web and I think that is really hard to sit in and we're constantly as human beings projecting a sense of order and a sense of structure and a morality that helps us to kind of step back
2: mm. and feel
1: like we know what the hell is going on and yeah perhaps that's the pain is the pain of being like i'm just an animal in this world <laughs> and <laughs> i'm trying not to get killed and also trying to survive and trying to take care of those that i care about and like i don't know maybe you know a hawk in the form of some virus is going to come out of the sky yeah. and snatch me up and there's nothing i can do about it yeah. but maybe there is something i can do about it you know it's <laughs> like that this is really stressful yeah you know yeah and one could even argue that or theorize that the projection of a sense of order or a framework is like a stress response right that mm. our ancestors were running around Trying, you know, as these weak, naked apes trying to figure out how to survive and to be able to say, okay, this is why this is happening and this is how it should happen and this is, you know, how we organize our projection of morality creates a a place where you're like, okay, this is the world. And now I can proceed with some amount of calm and intentionality into this world because I know that, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be, you know, and it, and maybe that was necessary to create the, the calm in the brain that to then evolve to the level that we have and to create some civilization, all of these things.
0: Yeah. I definitely have a sense of like, it's some advanced shit to like sit without a construct. It's like, and like. Okay. and 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 then like what do you do right like without any construct and so i tend to lean into like yeah we do make a, like we will we will make a construct and so to be conscious about what construct we make you know and so for me that's my like that's my like medicine he, that's where like it's like i am not confused i'm transparent like i am consciously reshaping and intentionally reshaping my construct and my viewpoint because I apparently I got to have one. Like I go and I visit as best I can, a space where there isn't one, you know? And then I'm like, well, I still got to like eat some food and like make some choices. And like, I'm not, I still have a body and it's like, I'm, it wants to be touched. Like, it's like there's things to like navigate and those will happen inside a construct. Like, you know, and so to to be creative, what, which brings me kind of to this place of what does, can I ask you a question? You open that like a, yeah, yeah okay. What does, how does art play in? How does the creative process play into to construct global crisis? Either either direction there? Like same yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think one of the things that's really important about art is obviously I Think a lot of things about this, but uh, how do I want to? What is the construct I want to create to answer this nebulous? Oh no, complicated <laughs> question. Um, well, we've done it again, is, yeah. But one is exactly that thing is that art is able to exist with a different logic than the um, or even a lack of logic. But I don't think it's a lack of logic, I think I just think it's a different type of logic. Or reason within its own sensibility that the verbal apollonian mind just doesn't operate in that way and so it it but our minds are not and our experiences are not only rational and verbal right there's they're this tiny thing it's like the the sense of the ego which is you know the part of the psyche that operates generally through a rational Ap- apollonian mindset um that only grasps this little bit. And it's what we tend to rely on, but it is very insufficient for dealing with the entire scope of what it is to experience the world. And so I think that art, whether it's music or dance or painting or writing or cooking or whatever, these other ways of communicating and expressing open up a language that is part of how we function that we can't experience just through words. And because the language that we use and operate in has a direct impact on how we process and perceive the world, the ability to operate with an artistic language also allows your brain to operate in a broader, more complex, and nuanced way than just the verbal place. You know, I think that's part of why we have this idea that artists or creatives think differently because they do because they're using a different language and the amount of languages you use is the amount of ways and perspectives you have right like if you mm. are fluent in mandarin and english you have a much broader ability to understand because of the differences in how those languages order the world right it's like your language is representative of the framework you have access to right. so i think art is important in that regard and it allows us to go into the subconscious, to go into archetypes, to go into all of these other places and draw forth that knowledge, or even just process it, right? It's There's expression, and but there's also just the, the ability to process it, and there's the intelligence that comes out of that. And I think those things are really important, especially when we're dealing with things that are beyond, like how many times can we talk about the same set of facts that we aren't even totally sure are really are that.
0: Real. Yeah, are, are, are that anyway. factual.
1: Yeah. Right. And and then that those little bits of facts are only a small portion of the actual experience that we're having. So I think that is an incredibly important thing about art in these roles, whether we're dealing with plague, whether we're dealing with war, whether we're dealing with, you know, climate crisis, all of these things that to have that broad of a range to talk and process and engage with what we're struggling with gives us the tools to actually process them in, in a really important way. And then going back to what I was saying about, you know, the the historical context and things like that, you know, you have this ability, you can go back and you can read Shakespeare sonnets that were written in quarantine, you know, you mm. can go back and you can read you know, or you can see these these sculptures and these relief, you know, works that were created, you know, half a millennia ago during the plague. And because it's not just an historical document of somebody saying, This many people died of the black right. plague this year, right? It's it's expressing the actual internal experience of what that feels like. And that gives us that ancestral connection, that gives us mm. that perspective gives us that sense of like oh yeah this is not just me or not just us this is something that we this is part of the cycle right it gives us again that ability to to have that support and have that communication through generations through cultures you know so
0: it's like a continuity of experience i think in in that longing having that sense of longing to belong or really a remedy to a sense of of uh needing to control right to have a sense of like a larger context or a larger continuity of space that we're in yeah Mm
2: -hmm.
0: how like how are you digging into your art right now what arts like what are you what's what are you like cooking can you feel it and what's that like for you like maybe that's not maybe it's not now like maybe it's like like a longer timeline or a shorter timeline but What's like? Yeah,
1: it's it's, um, it's an interesting thing. I definitely, I mean, I always have so many things bubbling inside that don't always get to come out, and um, there have definitely been a lot of things that I had just kind of told myself had to get put in the back burner because I had all you know I had all this work stuff. You know, it's like right. I'm still making art, but it's like a very different thing when it's for a job and it's a commission and blah, 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 versus like, just what my innermost heart needs to say. So it's interesting, you know, I think there is for a lot of people, again, this is like kind of a tricky thing to say, uh, because it's easy to be misinterpreted, but there is a great blessing. And there's obviously a privilege in being able to even see and hold it as a blessing to have, you know, this time and space, you know, and, all the things you're seeing people create and share and all the shifts that people are kind of like filling the space. because They're like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, it's like, it's an interesting experiment to be like, okay, what do you do when you remove the rat race and all of that stuff that we've been conditioned our entire lives to prioritize and to see as, you know, being inescapable and unstopping. And we just have to like put all of yourself into just fitting it because that's how we need to survive because that's the way we (laughs) built the world and when you press pause on that yeah and you're like all right never mind actually it's like nah that's on hold so what do you do in all of that inherent creative energy because humans our evolutionary niche above all things is our creativity right it's like that is
2: our evolutionary niche that's
1: how we evolved it is. i mean that's my belief you know if you if you look at birds and birds have wings and you look at you know cats and they have claws and they have their agility and things like that human beings have creativity we have the ability to problem solve the ability to like take an in information run it through all of the other things we've experienced or things that we've been told or things that we've you know inherited the knowledge we've inherited from our ancestors or from our parents we have all that enculturation and then to synthesize that you know you have mm-hmm. the thesis you have the antithesis. You have the synthesis to create something. That's how we evolve. That's, like, what our ancestors gave to us. Um, so you take all of that energy that isn't going to go anywhere and you're kind of like, all right, uh, do what you will within your home by yourself or, like, through some weird screen virtual reality we've created. Um, yeah. so I touch
2: it's you
0: this weird, way, see? but
1: It's
0: <laughs> you
1: go ahead um but to go back to act your actual question it, you know so it's this thing that it's like okay here's all this time to create but then still that that guilt voice comes in right because you're like yeah i have all this time but also this is crazy and i need to process and i need to just kind of like be with it and the functions of the brain don't necessarily go away just because we're in this like special quarantine situation so then you have the like you know expectation Well, like now all you have is time so don't really have any excuses to not do all all that stuff that you always say you wanted to do yeah so it's been this balance you know where yeah I have all of this work I want to do that's either already was present in me that now just has like sees an opportunity to come out or a direct response to working with this stuff you know Um, and some of it has been happening and some of it is still kind of incubating you know I've done a lot of like um you know like i outfitted my garage into like a proper shop and studio you know and i um yeah kind of like home building you know like creating the space type of thing you know and like going and getting all my stuff from la and you know consolidating all of my things and all of my energy and and whatnot and so there's things that i'm like yeah but that painting series i've been wanting to do haven't quite gotten there yet and it's only been two weeks and, you know, half of that was spent doing all this really important stuff. Um, but I mean, I've been getting more into music. Like I was saying last night, I just, you know, kind of set up a really awesome rig that I've been wanting, you know, like all of my toys and instruments and stuff. And um, that has always been.
0: I have a question. Keep going. Out. it'll be there. M-
1: music for me has always been like my most personal healing kind of you know it's because it's not how i make my living it's not what my artistic reputation is based on it's not how people really see me and so there's a freedom in that Mm -hmm. in addition to the magic that is music that is unique just to music to our sonic experience and the fact that it's vibrational in a way that's different from how visual is vibrational or movement is vibrational um so i've been getting back into that and has been really awesome to just like create these kind of sonic wombs, you know just like ambient looping you know not like trying to make a song per se but just kind of creating a space that i can then just be inside of um so that's been fun i want to do that more and um yeah there's a lot of stuff You know that i'm excited to to work towards and to explore and been thinking a lot about um because i work across all these different mediums Mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting experiment to try and bring them together you know so like i'll like create some sonic ambient loop and then i'll use that as kind of the soundscape to then paint through or to move through you know and then have that kind of my own collaborative interrelational process so um that's been fun and i'm hoping to do more of that and explore how you know everybody's kind of exploring how do you know especially performers or people that have an explicitly expressive communicative nature to their work how do we continue to do that because that's just the nature of us as a species. So, you know, this type of thing, like live streaming stuff, blah, 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 blah.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> Mario, it's your favorite. I could tell. Um
2: No, it's just like,
1: I, I post a thing on Instagram yesterday. That's like, I still feel the same, like introverts guilt about not going to all, like not like logging. Into, like, <laughs> all the things. Like, <laughs> I avoid Going to things all the time, not because I don't think they're important, but just because I just don't. You know, I'm just like so insular. And so now I'm like, I feel that same like weird feeling about like, you don't even have to leave your house to like support your friends thing or like be a part of this cultural thing. But I'm like, I still don't. I still just want to be alone, even though I'm alone all the time anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: I am um, uh, yeah you know it's like I'm like I am I'm gonna get to that yoga class you know it's yeah. like early like, oh, the, yeah. yeah. the yoga class in my living room I'm gonna get to it I'm gonna get to it I'm, I'm gonna get to that class the, the the question that I had that like popped into my head because I'm in this place right now is what are your thoughts like both your thoughts like what do you wanna to say to me, Tigre, when I tell you this that I'm gonna what I'm about to tell you? I'm gonna tell you thing in a second. And you're gonna tell me something about what you think about it. That's the game. Okay. And what do you tell yourself? Because if I had to guess, I bet there are two different things. But um so I'm working on the stuff. And by working on the what the fuck does that mean? I'm working on so Tigre, I've been working on this stuff. So I recorded a book. I said I love you so much. <laughs> it's better when you talk. <laughs> okay, so I record. I recorded a ton, and by a ton, I mean like eleven songs in one day. In my when I was that's lodging, a that's a ton. Like I went, I went to my yeah. car, and I. Um, which, by the by, people, if you don't know, it's best to turn your car on uh, or don't turn your car on. Just know that when you go to turn your car on, the battery's going to be dead for most of us. So just side note. Um, but that was fine. I didn't need the car. I needed the sound booth. So I went to the car and I sound boothed and recorded like 11 tracks. And then I came in and I have these other tracks that I've made, like a couple tracks that I Wait, made. Wait,
1: you sound in your car?
0: Yeah. Like I took my microphone and my computer and my headphone and like I did my recordings have, like, in the car. like foam. I didn't fill it with foam, no. <laughs> that's
1: what I was picturing was like <laughs> foam panels just like
2: shoved into your windshields. <laughs>
0: that would have been good uh, because you do hear all the birds in those recordings. The kids was oh, not. The birds the worst. All, all the birds. So <laughs> Chirp, 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 chirp. They're so sweet. As I'm like, restore the temples. The birds are like. Do you know, chirp, know that they're talking? Yes. Talk. Tell me about it. I do. But tell us about it.
1: No, just that. Just I just think it's interesting. I think it's easy to forget that all the sound we hear is they're just. Ta- right. Like, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's just the sound of nature. It's like, no, it's they're all talking. They're talking. Like they're no, can I you know? okay, tell it's you like, something? This <laughs> is my branch. This is my branch. And if anybody wants to come have sex with me, we can do that. <laughs> but if not, stay away from my branch. words, <laughs> like, well, this is my branch. So stay away from my branch unless you want to have sex. Then we can do that. But if not, stay away from my branch. (laughs) He's like, well, I found these seeds. And I'll share them with a couple of you, but not with a bunch of you. So if you try to come over here, I'm going to peck at you or fly away if you're big. That is... This is just what's happening. Well, and
0: I had this experience last week, a week ago, where I was walking through it, the birds sounding completely different. And I was walking through the woods, and I was like... I could just feel it. I was like, these birds just got news from New York and and Chicago and Florida. Like it was like it was. It sounded so different than any other day before or after. It was like the news came through. Like all the all the birds breathe. Exactly. They were like, yo, check out ninety (laughs) five. Check it out. It is so slow. They're just like freaking out about it. All
1: those giant annoying steel birds are gone for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really, except the trucks, bless the trucks. So yeah, just like, to, yeah, like that really. So birds are great. I didn't foam my car. <laughs> I did record a bunch of tracks. Um, and they're obviously they're really raw, right? Like they're really raw. That was the medicine that I, like I was doing, you know? And so I keep going back and forth of like, do I go back and rework them and make them into this like piece? Or do I share this like raw medicine in the middle of this like raw time mm-hmm. Tea gray
1: oh so is that your question it's my question it's an actual it's an actual <laughs> should i do this, or this? I not well, like, an question. well
0: it doesn't need to be an either or answer right i mean like that's the, the that's the conversation i've been ha- and that's i mean that's my own answer right Is like sophia that's my answer, Sophia. It doesn't need to be an either-or thing. You and you have a million options, right? Like you can redo one of these tracks. Yeah, tra- I mean, you,
1: know? you have eleven songs. Have a- <laughs> you have at least twenty-two options.
0: <laughs> no, but I'm saying, so like right now in this time, you know, I'm ser- I'm I'm serious. I'm serious. So like, so yeah. like in this notion of just being like, do I like release this raw medicine from the Moon Lodge and just be like, it's not perfect. It's a fucking It's I don't know how to level shit like whatever, you know, but like and 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 trust that there's some medicine and there's some value and there's some use and like it doesn't just need to be a live stream. Like, do I take that leap and give that or do I take this time and say, like, all right, you impulsive magic schmumpkin, you're going to sit down and you're going to like edit some shit and make it
1: (laughs) clean. I'm going to take schmumpkin. I think that's a great (laughs) (laughs) euphemism for all the other words that i used to say to myself in my head
0: (laughs) schmumpkin
1: schmumpkin Schmumpkin's nice yeah okay
0: tell me your tell me your thoughts about
1: that Uh, so yeah i mean i think i think it really can be a both and situation you know um there's a lot of things that come up for me uh one well the first thing the most like this is advice like this is a clear Example of advice is uh, obviously you know Krista Tippett's On Being podcast, mm-hmm. and you know she does this thing where they they release like the edited this is a podcast, yeah. and they release just like the uncut interview. Like this is just the whole conversation, just like whatever you want, you know. And they just do both of those, yeah. and so I think there's that option, right? Where you're just giving people options, and yeah. you can release those raw things. You can release them now, and then later you can whatever, you know, put up an album on Bandcamp or whatever the hell you want to do of, you know, this is like the really, you know, that could take a month or a year or 10 years or whatever to kind of refine that. And you can give both of those options. You don't have to pick one or the other. Um, And you can also do that from song to song, right? You can say like, okay, I'm going to release this super raw improvised whatever song. And then these other ones I'm going to kind of hold. And you might hold them and then be like, you know what? I'm tired of holding these. I'm just going to put these out. I recorded these a week ago or three months ago. Or you can hold them and, you, you know, you can kind of make those decisions bit by bit. How do you whatever.
0: navigate a sense of, like, completion or raw or what?
1: I'm not done. There's another thing I wanted to say, which is I think it's also one of the things I've been thinking about is – the collective response to the isolation and the quarantine and all of the like tizzy we're all in about the apocalypse and how quickly we're you know we are to jump to be like this is the end of the world blah, 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 you know and the compulsion because we are so social and because we've created this weird virtual reality interconnected network that everybody's just like all right we're sharing stuff free streaming global virtual dance party blah 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 you know and i think that's great and that's beautiful and also it's important to interrogate the compulsion around that and the sense of again that that sense of like am i doing it because i feel like it's my responsibility mm. to do that or or not even my responsibility but my duty my obligation mm-hmm. to participate in this you know cultural Crisis moment mm. to share things, and I think it's just—I mean, for me, I've been having to interrogate that because there's a part of me that's like, "Oh, you should be like live streaming your process and bringing people into your studio and blah 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 blah." But the truth of the matter is that, like, I'm an intensely private person, and especially my my well-being and my create, like, my internal world is so important to protect that, and while I think it is good to feel a little bit of pressure to lean into the digital social world as a way of sharing. And there is a lot of beauty that comes from being kind of like pulled into sharing something that you maybe want to keep private, like that, there's positive to that. But I think it's also important to recognize that like, you could just not release any of it ever. Mm -hmm. And that would be too. Right. It could just be the medicine for you. It could be the process of doing it. It could be whatever you learn. You know, I just got, um, when I got all my stuff, one of the things I got was this portfolio of all of these works that I did years ago that were just generative. They weren't, and literally nobody has seen them. And it was all these like drawings and whatever. And maybe some of them look good and maybe some of them look like crap. But the point, it was, and it was a very like specific ritual process, I like locked myself in my apartment and I just like made art for like three days straight. And that generated the seeds of what became the Salachi, what became, you know, all of my, all of the big, super public works that have, you know, have come out of that. And I think partially the importance of protecting those seeds and not being like, oh, I need to like show people Mm -hmm. every, because the world is hungry for content. Like, we have to be careful about that. So the compulsivity of it, you know. So can I take one break? I just need to get my charger. Yeah. I'm not fully prepared for this. Situation.
0: I'm not fully prepared for an hour and a half conversation. <laughs> on the Live stream. Hey, babes. Anybody who's um, live with us right now, if you want to pop in with a, a question or a comment, um, I know how to see them now. So you're welcome to say hi for a minute. Well they go grab their um their charger and you don't need to but
1: yes. my life cord. Take a run.
0: what your life cord your umbilicus
1: yeah my umbilicus that's a fun word
0: umbilicus
1: <laughs> and now i'm done responding to your question
0: thank you um thank you I don't know what my other question was, but I have another one now, which is <clears throat> <laughs> which is um what about I just I really appreciate what also I'm just kind of taking in that question because I also what's coming up for me has been this notion of like doing the things that I've wanted to do. For instance, like these live broadcasts, I've been wanting to do them, you know, on Facebook or YouTube or something for two and a half years since I started my podcast I was like I also want to be doing this this makes sense to me and I'm just kind of finding my way into it so I'll say that to anybody who's like listening or watching like I'm open to like feedback and comments of like inspiration of like what would be like really you know or like yo you should avi obvi. obvi. Um, I'm learning about all this stuff and so I just kind of I've taken for me I've taken this moment to to do the things that I said I I wanted to do now I also was preparing for that I don't really think there is a separate but I was preparing for that in the past year and change anyway like I was already in my own personal process was prepping to just like do this so there's so there's a piece of like this I don't have a sense of urgency of like produce content people need more content right now I do have a sense of like there's a certain kind of medicine that needs to be supported and amplified. And that is, I'm doing it anyway. So like, let me literally just turn this on and let people hang out with me while I'm doing it because I have to do it um, for myself. You know, it was like like last night when I found myself in this landscape of guilt, I was like, obviously what I needed to do was just do a practice. And if I wasn't going to do it for myself to like live stream it or call a friend or do a thing, you know, to like do it with somebody because that's how I... That's how I, you know, that's how I work. And so the other, so I think I'm also just having this, I really love this idea of you like collaborating with yourself. And when I check in with myself, it's like, it feels pretty simple in terms of like, just there's no right or wrong answer like there's it's it's not 11 songs and it's not one thing it's it's a bunch of songs and they each you know that like that conversation but I think my question that I want to ask you is in that process of 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 art whatever it is music painting drawing sculpting building praying ceremony like right like dancing movement where's that interplay of craft perfectionism sharing it before it's done Cause there's an element of the rawness to me. I'll say this specifically, kind of while you brew on that too, which is like there's a rawness of it for me that's like aesthetically it's not pleasing, but like soul, like medicine-wise, I'm like, it's there. Like it's there. And so like, how do I, like like how do I, how do you like 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 that, the interplay of that?
1: Yeah, I think that that is a question that just kind of um belongs to each moment mm. because each each organism of artistic expression i think has its own level of refinement or lack thereof that is part of its value so if you look at punk rock if you look at artists like jean michel basquiat or just like street art, you know, um, there are these art forms that the strength of the work is its rawness, mm. right? Like if you were to take a Basquiat painting and like get all of the all the figures. Sense, it would be dead like what would be the point of it you know and the same thing with like punk rock like you see that where you'll see bands that come out and they're really young and they're raw and they're just like straight from the heart and the point and it's like a calculated aesthetic of not being overly refined and then sometimes they'll shift into a refinement and sometimes they pull it off and it com- becomes something different that is beautiful and sometimes it loses its soul because its soul is based exclusively in that rawness right mm. it's like lava it's like that's what it's meant to be and so I think that that is a question where there's no blanket answer, right? And it's, it's up to the intuition of the artist to understand, is this work that is meant to be raw and unfiltered and rough around the edges, or is it meant to be refined and graceful and take time, you know? And that's something I'm actually, it's interesting. I just got a bunch of my old art, Works that have been in storage, you know, and I'm looking at them. And a lot of the work that I was doing, the first sculptural work I was doing in, whatever 2014 or something, a lot of it that was deliberately very raw. Like I was literally driving around, picking up trash off the street, and then I would go. And a lot of it I was doing live, so I'd go to like a party or a club or a a festival or whatever. Building right? Yeah, not like the giant festival things, but the kind of assemblage pieces that I have with like the masks and all the wood and the ampers. And those were meant to be really raw and they were created really quickly. And it was about the fluidity of the moment and sharing the creative process. And it was, they were done, you know, in an evening or whatever. And that was the point of them. And I look at them now and there's an interesting separation where I feel like my work has been moving away from that and wanting more refinement, but it doesn't mean that those pieces aren't important to exist the way they are, you know, and I have to kind of fight the impulse to be like, oh, I'll just kind of like fix it up and like sand it a little bit and repaint it, you know, (laughs) but it's like, that's just let that be what it is and make a new work now that is in a language that feels appropriate to now, to however I want to create. And, um, and then, and yet still like that, there's still things that, you know, like last week or something I, I live streamed, you know, this music ambient session that I was doing and that stuff is super raw and super vulnerable and not something I feel, you know, I'm still learning, like remembering how to just, you know, loop a sample or whatever, but it does feel important to share that part of the process in a way that is really raw and unfiltered in that context. And then there are other places that I do want to like spend months working on a piece before anybody sees it you know and really like get into the details and geek out on like really refining it you know and
0: (sighs) I really that spectrum is just
1: that's part of the creative process it's
0: like it's so funny it's like as you're talking and me talking about that I'm just like oh yeah I did just spent four and a half years writing a book like that that is the thing and it makes sense that maybe right now a part of me just wants to make stuff and get it out that that's like (laughs) like i'm like just take it like right like the balance of that knowing that because i also have this sense for me of like trusting that creative process or that organic listening in myself of of what it is to let things go to let space come in right to like and and can i just put it aside and let it go if I think it's it's like if I feel this medicine vibrating, right? And it's like either you have to let me out like this or you need to make a more refined way or you're holding it. And I think maybe that's part of my, kind of what I was like looking for and like part of the answer for me is like, is this not cooked? Is it not done, right? Is it brewing? In which case like there's no rush, like you plant a seed and you let it grow or you know, it's like a concoction you boil for hours and hours and hours and hours. It's not a two minute steep, you know? And it's like, yeah, is it cooking? I have use the
1: metaphor of incubation for that. Mm.
0: Incubation, right? You is know, it incubating? Things right. Things that, it...
1: that need time to gestate before they're ready to be born, you know?
0: Yeah. And then other things that are like, if I'm just holding it, that's, it's, it's, I'm just holding it. I'm just holding like it. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't want to be refined. It doesn't, even if it's going to be refined later, even if it's going to be rewritten as another song, because there's a couple of them that feel like they might want to, but I'm, I, I, it's like, but is, am I, can it rest or am I holding it? Cause it, for me, if I'm holding it, um, I think that's, like, I just had, that's the thing. I just wrote, I was, I was holding this book and project for four and a half years. I, like, can't, like, it's this, I get this, like, panic feeling. (laughs) I don't want to do that. I don't want to hold on to something again right now with that kind of, like, that kind of completion or refinement zone. So thanks for Mm -hmm joining me in that conversation of that, which I think is, yeah, no, I
1: think it's important.
0: Yeah. And I think it's pertinent to this kind of notion of like, as we're exploring creativity and kind of how we move with it and and be with it in ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I feel like moving towards closing, I have two closing questions, but before I kind of direct that in that way, if there's anything that you want to like share or give voice to, or just be with. Uh,
1: nothing that comes up.
0: Okay. Um, My second to last closing question is uh, where do you like to – Tigre has a great Instagram and a great Facebook page. (laughs) Go see all their art. Um, Tigre, I want you to send me something that I can use for the cover art for this episode, an an image. Um, uh, So you can see the cover art for this episode. You can see their work and um, go and see it. But where do you – like? how do you like people to contact you? What is that like – like what do you oh, how you yeah yeah this is that
1: moment. um so instagram is great um instagram is definitely the most up in terms of seeing my work it's the most up-to-date you know obviously that's the point of instagram um and uh i'm fine with people contacting me through dms on that platform um so my instagram handle is at tk bailando and then also um my website is kind of a more comprehensive curated thing and that's com. and um, it's gorgeous and then- it's gorgeous Thanks. yeah
0: it's like nice. movement there's videos of movement work there's documentation of huge installation sculptures you can order prints it's really it's its own like take a tour like you could schedule your tour for the museum the gallery visit uh tigrebalando.com it could, yeah, like, take we're, your time. we're
1: hosting uh <laughs> daily 24 7 digital tours <laughs> uh. yeah okay and uh and then yeah and email is also fine and my email is laugh at tigrebalando.com and um, I am not great with sending out newsletters, but I do have a newsletter sign up, which is accessible through my website. Um, and I send stuff out now and then. Um, you are great. You're so also great. You're great I, it. Thanks. And I have a Patreon, which I should tell people about, which is just also just find me Tigre Bailando on Patreon or patreon.com slash tigre uh, And that's been fun. That's pretty new. <laughs> Uh, i've been wanting to set that up for years and i finally did and it's been fun to kind of have a more direct uh you know i share like you know i'll take a single drawing and be like these are all of the sketches and all of the things that go into just like one little drawing or like i've been doing sharing like time lapses of kind of the concepting process behind my big um installation pieces and i think i'll be doing more of the kind of Music, live performance, streaming stuff will probably mostly be on Patreon with um, sometimes just doing stuff on Instagram or whatever. Um, But I'm hoping to develop that platform more now, especially as all of my expected income has just dissolved. So if you want to support (laughs) my work, that's a great way to do it.
0: It's a great way to do it. It's starting at $3 a month. Yeah, $3. Yeah, so and it's... It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Closing question, darling. Uh huh. Is it, am I ready? I'm going to say a thing. I'm going to say a thing before I give you the closing question. So you spoke really kind of poignantly for me about putting this this the temptation or the opportunity to be like it's the apocalypse it's the end of the world like this is what it is and for me I've been more of a leaning into like, yeah, let's like make it the apocalypse. <laughs> like, let's like, you know, like, let's like really let the old world, like, let's like, you know, let it be, let this be the, the gateway into this other world right. that we want. Like, we don't have to. It doesn't automatically take us there. It will change the world, but it doesn't necessarily take us to the other side. We can just be another right. version of <laughs> shitty and beautiful. Uh, I guess right. shit is a composting. Well, probably that anyway. 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 Sure. Well.
1: whatever the new thing we're going to create, will have its own shitty. I mean, as long as it's in this physical world, it's part of, it's going to be shitty. I think we have to come to terms with that as well. Well. That's my belief.
0: I hear that. I think that's a very useful belief and a lot of people have it. I'm, I'm in a deep, a very, very deep place right now of surrendering my, while embracing and accepting this experience like having more and more of like a like a willingness to have the very foundations and paradigm of what it is to be incarnated or what an earth plane reality is to have that even shift is like i'm like way it's like i'm way out there right now in that zone so it's not it's not contrary it doesn't it's not contrary to to me it's just diff it's actually something different it's just like yeah
1: go ahead but imagine a world without pooping
0: No, pooping is great.
1: That's what I'm saying.
2: Right. Pooping
0: is is
1: a part of. Okay.
0: And I'm also willing to imagine a world without pooping. (laughs) And I like, and I understand that that means like fundamentally shifting our very like, like biological beings so that like, what if we didn't eat food? What if we literally did not did not digest? What if we were like this? And I like I it's like I'm saying this on the fucking like, broadcasting this shit right now, like I am working. Th- like that's right. Like, like I'm not attached to I'm not attached to that being where we're going, but I'm not not attached to that being where we're going. Like I'm it's like what I want is clean air, clean water, equity, like peace, the end of wars. And I don't know what the fuck yeah. that looks like. I don't know what that looks think like. That's and I am it's impossible. I I'm, mean I'm too. And I'm willing to have that but I, but be I, but I, whatever. I still it would imagine
1: there'd be some shitty version of, in there, just less shit. And and that's it's like it's like instead of having diarrhea, you just have like a clean bowel system. Like good stuff, shits. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Excellent yeah,
0: good compost. Shits. Good shits. Yes, that's exactly. This. Yes. Yes, but I I think for me because I just in the in the quantum field in a healing for me in the past two weeks I really was shown I've been really looking at addiction pathways abuse pathways like in the collective and seeing this addiction to heartache this addiction to sadness this addiction to this de- like this to the to the to to that and so. I'm very proactively being willing to, like, what do I need to surrender? I believe that it's probably closer to what I know to be true or what we're experiencing than farther. Like, it's more likely it's good shits than that we don't have digestive systems, right? But in my surrender, in my humbleness to be like, I I have been addicted to sadness and I don't want to be, right? Like, in my, like, humbleness of just being like, I – I have participated and perpetuated so much of what I say I don't want, right? So I'm willing to, whatever that looks like, like show me an alternative because I, I'm not the place that I, like my little ego mind is not going to be the place that comes up with the better version. It's just going to come up with a different version of this. It's going to come up with a different looking same version. You know, and so being open to connect to that place, like really in that like source creative beyond my limitations. Like and so I think that's what's coming up for me is like holding this line of it's I'm just willing to have it be beyond my comprehension of peacefulness or beauty or function or form like shape shifting. Yeah. Like it's possible to me to see a wave go across the planet and like what was once a, a banded trash mountain become a field of with wildlife or plastic
1: island in the Pacific or Ocean. plastic
0: island be whoosh like there's no reason why I like an autonomous quantum field that can't fucking pulse through and become a different landscape like like well so yeah I think I, go ahead. no so it's so it's not that I it's not that I want to sit here and be like I don't know. I, it's the opposite of saying like no to what you're saying. It's like I just feel like – it's like I just want to – I I need to be – I'm feeling called to be one of those places where it's like I'm holding the door open of like – I just yeah. – I'm holding the door open. Like let it be even even more than I could imagine and even more gorgeous. And like what is a joyful landscape that – And when I did the – when I had the healing around the the addiction to – sadness the transformative healing pulse of grief was intact that's a different thread you know so it, right. it, you know so it's mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like i was shown this place where it's like there's no care right but but right. my understanding like the
1: positivist like rejection of negativity because no. blah, blah, blah blah blah
0: no yeah. it, but it is an understanding of can i experience grief differently and the answer is i will when I'm no longer addicted to sadness, I will experience grief differently because my previous self would take that and like feed it into this story and identity and experience. And like, and when I'm not, when I'm not interacting with that, I'm, and I can say this present moment, like that was like over a week ago now for me right now, I am experiencing my grief and my care differently than I ever have before. And it's, it's, I'm watching it I'm watching it be something that's different because I'm not turning it into something else. It's like, it's, it's something
2: there. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, something I'd like to, to share in response to that, um, that actually happened this morning. Um, so as you are aware, but maybe not many people, even who know me or know my work are aware, um, I have struggled with a lot of uh, uh, depression and, you know, like really addiction to, to a depressive mindset and especially, you know, spending a better part of the year, a year and a half or so, waking up every morning being hell, you know, spending hours in bed, just like in a really intense, self-abusive, um, really hard place. And um, through a lot of work, was able to come out of that just in the past few months, past couple months, really, of this year, to really be you know, in a much healthier place of how I'm engaging with my life and came to realize that a lot of that, the function of that was to kind of create a cocoon. It was trying to try and protect me. It was trying to create this place of quietness and solitude and darkness and all these things that feel felt so um, beyond what was... Allowed in order to thrive and function in this culture, right? And so I, I had gone through this intense burnout of being super prolific and active, and then totally, uh, totally mining all of my internal resources, and then, um, then just being stuck in that place for for years, you know, of of really not being resourced and using these kind of unconscious processes as a way to. Try and regain some of that space and, and darkness and, and all of that stuff, right? But in a really painful, not healthy way. Anyway, this morning, I woke up and I had a moment of that voice coming back, mm. right? Really recriminating, you know, really kind of hateful, abusive voice coming back. And there was this moment where I was like, you don't need to do that. Like you have the space, like you're going to get up and you're going to be in your space with your partner and, you know, have your practices and take care of your home and do your things. And, you know, for all that is unknown and all of the you know, discomfort and all the fear, like it was interesting to have that internal conversation be like, this is actually we don't need this. Like this is unnecessary. And to be able to just let it go and, and acknowledge all that kind of in a pre-conscious state um the you know it's really interesting to feel that
2: um
1: so that's another place where i am really grateful for this time for all the pain and difficulty and fear and and real risk and real danger you know that people are going to experience and that i might experience at some point you know it is i think it's it was nice to have such a stark and clear reminder of the beauty that is in this moment and to be grateful for it and aware of it. So, um, and then on a larger, the other thing I wanted to say kind of in response to what you had said before is, you know, in terms of like the possibility for new, new, a new type of world and all these things is, you know, we've seen how quickly the natural environment has, (sighs) you know, you see like these, aerial shots over LA or over, you know, China, things like that. It's like, all it takes is like a week or a couple weeks or a month of people like staying home and not flying all over the place and driving every day. And you're seeing, you know, dolphins back in canals in Italy and, you know, clean, clean air and things like that, that it's like how quickly nature is ready to move in. Like all it needs is a little bit of space. And I think that, which is not to say that the level of, of uh, response that we need to have collectively to really yeah. uh, deal with climate, the climate crisis, to not diminish that, but that's really there, but it, there is an encouragement to like, oh, right, we don't have to fix it all on our own. Like the natural world has its own systems for rebalancing and we just need to like pull back and be proactive, but like it's not, we don't have to fix it all. And the the issue the reason in the place we are is from the mindset that we have to do all we have to like fix the natural world we have to impose our idea of things and it's like some parts of it might actually be a little bit easier than we imagined because all these things we assumed would be these impossible feats to diminish international travel and to reduce our reliance on you know it's like well it turns out Everybody gets certain by a virus and we do it pretty damn quick. Right. So maybe it shifts, at least shifts our perspective about what and what is not possible or changeable
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that I think is really encouraging. And hopefully we will collectively have the wisdom to recognize that and respond to that, and not rush back to how do we just put things back the way they were? Right. Because that's what we know and that's what feels safe, even though it's horribly toxic and created the thing that we're suffering from now in the first place. Right. So yeah, that was another another bit of hope that I've been holding on to.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's it's and it's like the micro macro of like so often like one of the greatest things that we can do for our own healing is to give our body and soul and mind space to heal. And it does it. And it's like and it's like you add in like a little lemon water and you add in some good food and yeah, it's like you stop you take away the toxins and like add in some good like nourishment, and like and miracles happen, right? These right. things that seemed impossible, you know. Right. Um, and and so to just re- to remind, to be reminding of ourselves, and just being like, yeah, like we are the earth. Like there's a reason she's responding like that. There's a reason we respond like that. that's because that is how we've. That's like our body. That's our. That's how we are here. Um, that's how we've been. And again, it's like. And I say that, and then it's like. I say that with an open hand. Like that's how we've been, and we'll see. Like as I invite and, you know, the multiverses to be existing in the one that's transformative and healing for us here. Like that's where I'm, tra- it's like, come with me.
2: Come
0: on.
2: Come on, it's me. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. So the, que- so the question is, You know what's some what's a what's a sound what's a feeling what's an image what's a aspect what's a piece of that 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 dreamed up world that new earth that new paradigm that place that success of that deliverance
1: well I think the only thing I can do is respond with the thing that comes up that is not linear or logical or have like a really clear, you know, but the image that immediately came to mind and that has been present, um, with me during this time is, um, a skeleton but like a skeleton dancing surrounded by flowers like in kind of like an aura or a bed of flowers. And then there's also like a snake kind of intertwined. It's like a skeleton kind of dancing intimately with this snake surrounded by flowers. Very grateful dad. (laughs) Not your
0: usual aesthetic per se. Uh,
1: no, but their, their art department, for sure. Not so much their sound, but definitely their... I was definitely surrounded by the art that came with their music and culture. And that is something I've always found a lot of beauty in the knowledge and the wisdom in that, you know, yeah. their that sense of the Grateful You know, like all of the, the poetics that the they use. The Grateful Dead. The sound is not so much my style, but like the the language that they use, I think, mm. is beautiful and powerful. Um But yeah, that, that image, whatever it is, what it is, you know, death and transformation and flowering and beauty and, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I've been getting this message a lot recently and I think I wrote it down, but I'm not positive. So let's see. It's not, that's not popping up. These journal entries are a little. Working it out. A
1: risky <clears throat> um, one to open in a
2: live <laughs>
0: nah. On a regular basis here on Medicine Caller, I'm like, hold on, I'm going to read you a poem. Whoa. Um, whatever. It wasn't that. Whatever. So it's the – I thought I had kind of said it in, the, in a coherent way, but we'll see if it comes through in a coherent way here, which is um, – I just keep hearing the message. You think it's all about death. It's not. Death is always about life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is what I keep hearing. That's what I keep getting told is just like, it's like the story, the story looks like it's about death. And it's everything, like what's real is is what's real is that it's about life. And what's real is that death is always about life. It's not just this circumstance where this death is about life, but that right. death is always about life. And, uh, and that to me, that feels risky to say, right? That feels like risky to say, to put out there and do there. Cause it, and by no means is belittling the realness of it. It's not, it's, it's, it's a deep right. honoring, you know? And so, um, yeah. So the, the, yeah, that, that, there's a what is it Sophia the courage to let in our own selves and in our culture our ways of living like what we're talking about not so fast to go back even if we're given the opportunity right? Like to have the wisdom. And that the wisdom, always the wisdom of the body, like we're talking about like good shits, like the wisdom of the body is always to know how to let go for life to come in. Mm-hmm. And so that that to me is like that that wisdom, that flow of even, and, and perhaps even the evolution for me, maybe people come with me or not in this, is that notion of that dichotomy or life or death being somehow separate, Right, Right.
2: Opposition to each other, or
0: opposition in some way, like the realization or the holding of that understanding that it's like you think death, like you think death, you think death, and it's it's like you're not looking. That's life, like you. That's right. life, you know. That's life, and so so to look see clearly the invitation to see clearly see to see life in its wholeness and that when we see life in its wholeness we're going to make different decisions as an individual in our body in our being with our sex with our creativity with our with our voices in our heads the things that we say to ourselves you know with the people that we love and that that that's where we that's where we let this that's where we let the real change happen that's the shift that's the turning of this tide I think is, is to see the true, the trueness of life, to see that clearly. And then to live, to live in that Mm -hmm. from that.
1: Yeah. The last thing I want to say kind of that's response to that, that ties back to the image that had come forward for me is thinking about, you know, skeletons and skulls are kind of like the most typical, like if you want to like make a visual symbol of death, that's it. Right. But like, our skeletons are the things that are inside of us all the time. Like we are, you know, it's the thing that's inside and it's the thing that's necessary. Like if we didn't have them, we would not be able to function. Like they are the structure of our lives. They are the thing that like encase our brains protect our hearts and our lungs, give us structure to be able to move, mm-hmm. right? And they're constantly there And and they're just when we die, they are the record. The reason we associate them with death is because that is the thing that is left behind as a document of the life that existed. And so to maybe see to take death and let death inhabit all of the richness of the reality of a skeleton or a skull in how it actually functions in the world, which is as a s as an underlying structure that allows the life to continue mm-hmm. and to be what it is. I think maybe if we can have death participate in that role, then that kind of brings that sense. Like that I don't know, it's a visual metaphor that kind of holds what you're what you're talking about i'm gonna
0: have to listen yeah. to what you just said multiple times Is like actually what's happening for me right now that was like i just like i was you're like literally and then like all i could see was this like hollow through my rib cage and then i was like tr- like dreaming like i was like dreaming and then i came back and was like i'm gonna realist i'm gonna listen to this. i'm gonna live like multiple times like what you just said was thank you I'd like yeah. it like took me on a journey and i'm gonna I'm gonna like let that cook, um, which is useful because it's podcast, so it's on record. It's the it's the bones of this conversation. Okay. A recording that'll be the bones of this conversation. The the life that's there. The record. I mean, that set you said record. It just like opened something really like behind my belly button. It's like, ah, oh. mm. and that piece of talking about like like finding a new understanding of safe and holy uh, structure and support and container. For life yeah you know yeah so calling yeah. that calling that in sacred darling friend beloved uh so yeah thank you so much i'm gonna thank our listeners i'm gonna thank our facebook hangar outers and uh, everybody on YouTube, everybody's watching there. Um, if this episode fed you in some way, please share it with somebody who you think it's going to feed them. That's the whole point of this. I mean, Tigray and I hang out and have these conversations like any which way. But, it, you know, the point and, and the mission is that it, it, it feeds. And if it's feeding you, maybe there's somebody else who you know it can feed. So go ahead and, and share them. Even if it's just at one mark of the conversation, like shit gets good at one minute one hour and 15 seconds like you know send them to the good spot for you what what do you say
1: it's a really great comment in hour three
0: (laughs) just listen to the whole thing so yes that's my invitation spread it spread the word around especially right now if there's something in here like i said if there's something that you um got going on that is uh feedback for me about this i'm i'm here for it i'm 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 looking to learn new to serve better to heal big um I'm offering two sliding scale classes coming up. Um, uh, Donation, one's pelvic floor root care healing. That's for trauma and healing, the patterns that are coming up right now for everybody. I'm just going to take some people on a journey to go in and and do some healing that you can do in your home. We can really heal that right now. So I'm going to help you do that. And I'm going to do a how to manifest course. We're going to do that together we're going to look at how we get really clear about what we want and then how to optimize use the magic of the fields the quantum fields and the power of the womb um and all the things to kind of bring in bring in our brewing so you can uh find me on instagram you can send me a dm you can send me a message on facebook you can go join my email list at sophiawiseone.com, one.com and uh we'll love to have you in any of that so good tigre i love you I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your art and your work and your vision. Please, people, it is the best idea I've had all day go look at this human's art just go look at it just go look at it it loves to work its way onto my temple onto my temples onto my i'm gonna just, i'm gonna out myself so bad right here so i have all my stuff that's filed and you know all my like stuff that's like filed and i have all my memorabilia and i have one folder in my memorabilia in my filing cabinet it's just Gray's art from my whole life of Gray. it's just it's just, just a case i just need to go to my own little tour that just all the napkins all the all the you know all the little things
1: what? The private collection. It's my private yeah, it's
0: my private collection. Um but <laughs> I I don't show people my private collection. Usually I just send them to their Instagram um and take it in. So go feed yourself and um yeah, I don't I think it's I think I've really made my point now. Tigray, I adore you. Uh people, I adore you. I bless your life and I bless all the death that touches it and I bless your beauty and I bless your heart and your creative generative self i bless you i bless you i bless you i thank you i bless your struggle i bless your courage i love you love to all light to all peace to all be well take care see you next time bye
1: look
0: i am gorgeous one. Thank you. I want to take a moment in closing. I have a few things. First, take a breath. (sighs) Second, I want to remind you that this in itself can be transmission and medicine. So take care of yourself right now. If this is medicine for you, I have a few invitations. One is hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rate and review. It's very, very helpful. In addition, I would love to stay connected with you. Come over to my website, sophiawiseone.com or find me on Instagram at One and get connected. And if this is feeding you, I encourage you to join the virtual temple that is up and gorgeous and happening. And that is my Patreon. And I'm inviting you to join us there. If this episode or another episode fed you and was just what you need, consider sending it and sharing it with a friend. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all your work, all your medicine. I know deep in my being, you are weaving with me. Thank you. Thank you. We are in this together.